Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Everything Horror Podcast. I'm Paul Dosky, and with me, we got indie filmmaker John Ward. John, thank you so much for uh, actually reaching out first, really, to be honest. Well, thank you for having me on. I, I appreciate it. So I'm, I'm glad that I reached out. Well, um, I, exactly. I mean, I'm kind of glad that you reached out as well. So it, it's, it's always cool to see, like, what the indie world has in store for us for, like, the future rather than remake after remake. Uh, we get some originality. And, you know, everybody loves original stuff, even though they may say that we need to see it more, even though they like the remakes and stuff more. And, you know, when we give them something original, they tend to bash it. And I think it's just, like, you know, it's just probably because it's it's getting to the point where a lot of people are so brainwashed by the brand of the title that we are all already familiar with and then when we try to give something like as a film that we're going to be talking about with you that you're actually crowdfunding right now called ghoul um you know people tend to kind of be maybe i want to say picky maybe i just want to say they kind of give it that 50 50 chance really but anyway uh, real quick, John, is for people like me and for people listening, uh, could you give us a little origin story of how you got into horror? And it looked like you actually got some directing, you got like an acting uh, department going on, and I believe you got like, you know, the camera and electrical department. So yeah, if you wouldn't be... Um, you know, to, uh, what, what, what am I trying to say? If you wouldn't mind giving us a little origin story of how you, this, you came to be to want to do your own stuff, then yeah, feel free. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, I'm a little older than a lot of, like, uh, uh, kind of like beginning filmmakers. I'm actually 51. And um, I did, <clears throat> excuse me, I did uh, work in, in Hollywood um, as like a grip, a gaffer, a PA. Um, I worked just those types of jobs when I was back in, in my 20s and just never enjoyed it. I, I just never liked it. Um, I did go to Los Angeles City College and uh, College of Marin. So I went to school both in Northern and Southern California and um, did some writing and just worked on some stuff that I wasn't happy with that kind of just dried up. That just ended. And it wasn't until I moved out here to Vegas that I rediscovered everything. And um, I ended up, I was obviously a movie fan. And I was a fan, or still am, and friends with David Sterling and a big fan of the Camp Blood movies. So I reached out to David and we talked and um i became you know a bigger fan and a friend and uh he called me up one day and said hey do you want to go work on this movie called clown motel massacre um there is a clown motel movie out there right now but that's that's not us we're ours has not been finished yet it's called clown motel massacre and um i said sure and he's like i, I can't pay you but, you know, you can go do PA work and, and stuff like that. And I thought, well, great. What a, you know, what a good way to kind of get back in the film again. And uh, next thing I know, I'm being called by the director who's saying, okay, well, the lead villain, uh, the guy who was supposed to play the killer clown, dropped out. 
you're the only guy who's not doing like 10 jobs. So you're now the killer clown. So my very first film back into kind of the whole filmmaking game, I ended up being like the Freddy Krueger of the movie. And then when I wasn't acting, um, I just did crew work. I did a lot of, uh, um, helping with the producer and the director and, and, uh, um, just various different projects. And then after that, um, cause I, I work at a storage facility. Um, a guy came and rented out a storage unit and he said, Hey, you know, I'm a filmmaker and I'm making this film called drug Z. Um, do you want to help me with it? And I was from, I worked from beginning to end on that. It was supposed to be kind of like a zombie film. Unfortunately, that hasn't been finished either. But from those two films is I realized on a very small budget with a very small crew, uh, you could make your own movie. And from there, that's where I made Axmas. And that's kind of my whole launching pad was um, Axmas, which ended up being around 25 minutes. It had people from uh, Crime Hotel, Massacre, and Drug Z working on it. Uh, that's where I met my effects artist, uh, Miranda Dudley, who I've worked with ever since. And um, that was the whole launching point. And from I wrote it, directed it, produced it. Uh, we shot it at the storage facility I worked at. And it's just been, it's been great for me ever since. So it was kind of interesting how, oh, and, and in between everything, I also worked close to two years on other people's movies. So that's where some of the things you're seeing on IMDb come in um, is if somebody in Vegas needed somebody to work sound, I worked sound. If they needed lighting, I did lighting. If they needed an extra, I did extra work. And whatever I could get my hands on, wherever I could help, because I, I knew that I would be meeting new people and, those, and I could help them and those people could help me. And it's paid off greatly. So that's kind of kind of how I got into it and back into it again. Very cool. Yeah, it's always cool to get like, or should I say, to uh, connect with people to get that connection. So that way, you know, you guys have or you have a way of reaching out to people and be like, hey, uh, you know, remember we worked on this or whatever, and you know, maybe we we could work on this and stuff like that. So really trying to connect with other people definitely helped big time. And I mean, I, I, I kind of say it sometimes to, to other people where it's like, you know, it's always better to have different people's opinion because somewhere in the opinions comes into the play of, I, somebody will never have thought of doing something in a particular way of either a scene, a lighting, directing, camera, acting, whatever, really. So trying, so connecting with other people is definitely a big plus in my own opinion. Oh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's necessary. It's invaluable. I mean, it's the, the more films you work on, the more uh, people that you meet just because now I've established myself as like a writer and director doesn't mean that I'm above, you know, going and doing lighting or sound or carrying equipment. It's, um, 
you know, it, it's all about returning the favor. It's about meeting new people. And it's, and it's just great to watch other people work. I mean, you could pick up so much information just by watching another director. You could just, even if you're there for, you know, if it's just a one-day shoot and you're there for maybe 12 hours, you may just take one little thing away that you can use on, on your own film. So to me, it's, it's, uh, it's almost, you know, necessary, almost like a requirement that, that filmmakers should go work on other people's movies. That's actually a really good point because, you know, I, I used to, um, uh, actually, let me rephrase this. I did do a small little acting role for a movie here in my local area uh, almost five years ago, this October, to be uh, to be exact, when it was released. And I believe we started on it, like, 2013. But after working with these local filmmakers around here, I agree with you. You tend to, you know, you tend to watch and learn and everything else. So, like... Um, if, if like if I wanted to do my own thing, I kind of have some knowledge. Even doing this podcast, that like talking with people like you and everybody else, uh, with um, like like I'll 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 ask this real quick for you, John, but and um, I'll finish it too. But like a question I usually ask, I am um, indie filmmaker too. Is if there's any type of advice you could give somebody that's trying to start their own film, what would it be? But um. You know, in my own experience, though, I not only did I learn acting, but I learned how to direct like a found footage way and somewhat of a traditional way because I've also helped uh, the same people behind the camera, even though I was not in the uh, the film itself uh, for their other project that they did, but I still learned how to do like sound design and stuff like that and. So everything is like a key way of like, you know, learning to, like you're just saying, do your own stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's anybody who thinks they, they know it all is, is totally wrong. I mean, it's, I've, I've done two 10-minute uh, found footage films uh, for uh, these two things called uh, VHS Violence one and two, and they're produced by Dustin Ferguson. And I'd never done one before. And I'm like, well, what do you do? You know, do I just hand the, hand the camera to somebody and just have them walk around? But a friend of mine um, asked me if I could, you know, work for a day on his found footage film. And just by working a few hours on his, it was like, oh, okay, I got it. I got it now. And I was, be and I was able to take that and use it on my own. Hmm. That makes now that makes me wonder. So, so you you just actually mentioned what I actually did a little bit, which was um I actually took the camcorder and did the scenes myself, even though the director showed me what to do and uh, like specific areas, and I would do it, or if there was a specific. Uh, thing that he wanted me to zoom on and zoom out or say something stupid or corny for like a comedy type of thing, I would say it. But um, what did, so what did you learn when you went on to this found footage project? Was it kind of the same thing or what was, or was it a little bit different than what I was just mentioning? My stuff is, it's outlined. 
So I have kind of a detailed outline. So when I went to go do the first one for VHS Violence, um, we shot about, I want to say, 55 minutes worth of footage. And mm-hmm. as long as we, and, it, and, I, and I had to trim it down to 10 minutes, and as long as the people followed key things in the outline, and I always stood behind uh, the actress who was um, Julianne Prescott, and um, I was always there. So she would hold, we were using my phone um, because she's following around like an ex-lover who's having an affair. Um, we just, I just needed to make sure that she got certain things into what we were filming, and then she could kind of ad-lib everything else. So in the credits, okay. there's, no, there's no writer listed. It's, it's written by cast and crew. And we did the same thing on the second movie, uh, too, where, you know, as long as we followed that outline and key things were said and done, the actors could ad-lib. Hmm. Yeah, I, we kind of did that, too. And I uh, and um, there was some dialogue that he definitely just wanted just to help the story a little bit. But otherwise, if we could think of something to add to it, then we would. So and I thought that was kind of fun because, you know, uh, it was like really my first time doing something like this anyway. So once again, it's a whole new learning learning experience to me so i thought it was really cool to see how it's done especially for found footage because you know i always thought like you know okay so what do you do do you just like just give the camera somebody uh or do you just have the director really just do all the shot and then for like um or you know something like that depending on how you want to look at something like if you're just running through the woods so is that just the director, and then they just have the cast guy just like you know just uh, record separately their audio, and then they just add it to that video. I mean, it's, so it's really cool to see how some things are done and what isn't done. So yeah, so that's very interesting how you guys did that. So, huh? Yeah, it, I think it just it depends on on the director and and who's making it. Um, mm-hmm. for the second one that we did, uh, called, um, Cannibal, um, since I'm out here in Vegas, I, I try to use the desert to my advantage and I had the actress, um, in a, uh, she was kind of like in like a, like a gully, like a little, uh, ravine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I just wanted her to... She would hold the camera on her, and then I would stand above, and then right. we would discuss what the scene is and, and like what she would say and how far she would start from this bush and end it, you know, at that tree, and um, and then I would kind of walk away so I wouldn't get caught on camera, and then I could kind of hear what she's saying, and then I would when you know she would actually be the one to yell cut, and then I would kind of run down take a look at the footage. Okay, that's good. Now let's move on to this scene. So it, it kind of depends on how, um, on how that worked. So it, it's, it, and luckily I've, I've worked with people who are, are creative. And um, it's, uh, uh, 
Mindy Glickerson is it was the actress in that one, and uh, she just did everything really. You know, I didn't have to do too many different takes with her because I I do follow my outline exactly. I there's not a lot of of I guess kind of freedom within right. it. There's we got to do these things, but in between these things, you can kind of do your own thing. But we just have to follow what what it is. Right. Right, yeah, I I think I I understand what you're trying to say. Like, there is a formula and there's freedom at the same time. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, before we get into ghoul, uh, one thing I did notice that I just wanted to t- uh, talk about real quick is it looks um, it looks like also your first film there or first short, I'd say, uh, Axmit. Uh, what's that kind of about, and how did you even get that idea? It sounds like a really interesting idea. Axmas originally started in the 80s. Um, I did test footage where my grandfather was going to drink wine, but it had rabid, like, rap blood that dripped from the ceiling. The rat got caught in a trap, and he went nuts on Christmas Day in the Santa Claus suit and started killing the family. And that was shot on, on Super 8. So that tells you, you know, once again, how old I am, but nothing ever happened with it. It just, it just, nothing happened. And it wasn't until, once again, I moved out to Vegas, started working in a storage facility and people would come in saying this place is really creepy. They don't like being here at night. They could hear noises. Um, Because at times you would, you get drug addicts in there, you get homeless people. um, And so the places are creepy. And I started writing a slasher film that took place in a storage facility. Didn't like it, but I'm a huge um, Silent Night, Deadly Night fan. And um, especially the first three. And said, well, what if I made it a Santa Claus and and put it at Christmas? And uh, it just kind of took off from there. So we were able to make Axmas 1 and 2, which is a direct continuation from the first one. And... um, each one just has some of the same actors, but also a lot of different ones. Mm-hmm. And both of those have done all of us really well. So I'm, I'm very proud of both of those. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, just for, um, out of curiosity, for people that are listening and uh, listening to about these uh, films that we just already mentioned, uh, is there any place uh, that we can watch like action? Axemaster, um, the other one that we have mentioned? Uh, the two, the uh, VHS Violence 1 and 2 have not come out yet. Okay. Um, they're, they should be out later this year as they're part of that anthology. And then um, Axemus is available through uh, Scream Time Films. You can get that solo by itself or through Wild Eye. Um, it's, uh, under the title Brutality. It's part of an anthology on, of, with Brutality. It's on there with, like, three or four other movies. And, okay. And part, part two hasn't come out yet because we're waiting for the other directors. So it can be released as Brutality 2, and then it will come out by itself from, from Screen Time Films. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I'll have to, uh, definitely check it out. It does sound like fun because I am a big fan of Silent Night, Deadly Night. So, 
And it, it still cracked me up of what happened with number two, though, when they had to change the uh, little boy actor, though. It, that still is quite funny a little bit. I, I mean, I know something definitely happened so that they couldn't use the little boy in number two for the flashback, but it's really weird nonetheless. So, and with that, is the same kid, but there's, I don't really think it is in number two when they were trying to do the flashback. But, um, anyway, so here we're, we're actually going to be talking about ghoul here where it's what I could read and understand through this great uh, Indiegogo campaign that you got going on where you're trying to raise 5000 for your biggest budget film yet. And I believe it's like your first feature, correct? Um, well, actually, let me go back. Was it, um, Axmas, you, could st you can actually watch on Amazon. Um, it's streaming on mm -hmm. Amazon. I forgot about that. And um, the Axis is a trilogy, but it's four films. So there is Axis 1 and 2. We're also going to make part 3. And then part 4 is going to be like Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. So it's going to be new footage, uh, but it'll also be a clip movie of parts 1 through 3. And I want to try to get Eric Freeman, who is in Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, in Part 4. Um, my first feature is actually Meat Hook Massacre Part 4. And that just came out. Ah, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. So, is there like a one, two, three for Meat Hook? Or would this really just part of just the, the very start? And then you're kind of doing like a Star Wars way. Uh, no, there is. There's uh, Meat Hook uh, Massacre 1 and 2. Those are directed by Dustin Ferguson. Meat Hook 3 um is uh that's a flashback movie so i'm sorry not a flashback that's a uh, it's a prequel so it mm -hmm. takes place before part one and um that and then i do part um cd you did part yeah, four. jim devault jim devault does part three then okay. i do part four which is a continuation for part two then Dustin Ferguson was inspired by the new Halloween movie. So then he made a part five, um, which still includes all the other movies, but it's more of a direct sequel to the first film. So there are five. Oh, okay. And um, they're available through Scream Time. Well, part four isn't yet, but one through three are available through Scream Time. Um, I believe you can also get them on his streaming service, the... Uh, uh, SoCal, a uh, studio cinema, uh, part five, part four and five are coming out later on this year, but you can see both of those on his streaming service also as a double feature. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I'll have to look that up too, for sure. Cause, um, I like what I'm hearing so far and what I'm seeing from also from your like IMDB and stuff. So very cool. And now ghoul. So, so yeah, so this is your second feature, if I'm reading this right, from your short summary, and it's also going to be your biggest budget that you have to date. Now, what, what can you tell us about, about Ghoul, of like, you know, what's it about, who is involved, and what do you plan on doing with Ghoul? Right now, um, Ghoul, like you said, right now, Ghoul is in the, is in the crowdfunding stages. Mm -hmm. 
so I'm really hoping to to get that um, that five thousand because that's Meadook Massacre ended up costing around three thousand dollars to make, and that had a really good cast in it, um, uh, including uh, Brink Stevens is in that, and uh, we have a lot of a lot of good people in that one. So people from the Axis movies, from Meat Hook, uh, including some new people, show up again in Ghoul. And that's basically about a, a woman a photographer. She moves out here to Vegas, and she buys a house uh, that she keeps hearing really creepy noises in, and she thinks it's haunted. And what she doesn't realize is, is that there's this creature that's living in the attic uh, that has basically fallen in love with her in a way, and it starts kind of killing off the people that are around her. So if she has a next-door neighbor who's a jerk, you know, the ghoul will go and take care of it. Or if she has a creepy handyman, um, the ghoul will take care, you know, will get rid of the handyman. And um, that one has uh, Maria Olsen in it, uh, who's just in I Spit on Your Grave, Deja Vu. And um, she has a, uh, one of the lead roles in it. So it's it's a bigger movie. It's a it's something that is completely on my own. Um, a lot of my other films have had like Festa Ferguson or other people involved. This is completely my company, which is Dark Park Films, and it's also um, thirteen thirteen uh, effects, which is uh, Tom Devlin's company and my effects artist uh, Miranda Dudley. Uh, she now has her own company, um, also, which is called Blood Metal Makeup Artistry. And so she'll be doing a lot of the effects. Uh, but 1313 Effects is, has worked a lot with Full Moon. And, uh, Tom Devlin has always been a great help to us on, on our films in the past. So that's why we're hoping this is going to be the biggest one yet. And so we need, we need that, that 5,000 to make sure that it, it's, the biggest and the best out of what we've done. Each film has to get bigger and better. We can't go backwards. So our, the next film that takes place after Ghoul will be even bigger budget and a bigger and hopefully better movie. But for us to be able to do what we want to do and to get the cast and crew that we want, uh, we really need people's help to, to hit that goal of, of $5,000. Hmm. Well, I hope people will start to help out in the filmmakers but you know like i said back again to what i was saying earlier too is um these these well-known brand names like i think we all heard about like terrorizer um you know that's going on right now and that seems to be the most talked about campaign right now compared to any other indie campaign which which you know i had a few other people talk to me about terrorizer and and like you know sharing the uh campaign and stuff that i don't know if you heard but terrorizer 2 got funded in like less than two hours i hear or less than 24 hours they were already over to go but in this case like you know it's really sad though when we get like campaigns like like yours with ghoul and it doesn't seem like it's getting it gets the support it really needs, if that makes sense. Also, just out of curiosity, John, for your project, Ghoul, have you been getting any type of uh, feedback, help, shares, anything at all while doing this? 
I mean, I've, I've, well, one, I have to agree with you. Um, because there are, right now, there are at least three other campaigns going on. And yeah, Terrorizer, um, there's a couple other ones too. Um, I'm, I'm friends with the people that are, that are running them, so I don't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna badmouth them, so I'm not gonna say what they are. But it's, they, they get funded instantly. And it's, I can't even, I mean, I could barely squeak in somebody giving $5. And I'm looking forward to Terrorizer 2 and some of these other ones. I'm, um, I'm a fan of, of the first Terrorizer. But it's, those films get funded so quickly that if we could even have just, you know, just a sprinkle of that, it would help. I mean, $5,000 is not much compared to what these other people are asking that are asking for, you know, 30000 or $40,000. I mean, we're really that, that small little indie film that everybody is sharing. I mean, that's the best thing. I will say this. Uh, Meetup Massacre 4, we did crowdfunding on. And um, we just, we got over maybe $2,000 for that. And then the rest of that money I put in through my own pocket. Um, this one is being shared beyond belief. I mean, we're having, you know, indie filmmakers. We're having just fans. We're having all these people, um, you know, share the campaign, including it going on to a ton of groups and pages and stuff. And we're just getting nothing. And we got this great cast with known people. And, you know, uh, a special effects artist who has worked on many full moon films and, uh, you know, all, all the stuff that I've done gets distributed. Um, you know, at times it takes a little bit for it to come out, but they do get distributed and, uh, we just can't, we can't get a break. It's, it's really kind of strange. Uh, you know, we need 5,000 and we just, we just broke five, just 500. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know, except for the fact that, like, kind of what I was saying earlier, is that you know, if they're not used to somebody's work, maybe that might be why. Or if, in this case, if they see that bigger name, they're gonna jump on board with that quicker than anything else because they know it. And that's what I think hurts the indie film the most because you know, Ghoul probably should be getting more if um more fun by people who should give your film a chance even if they don't know your work like i personally do not know your work john but i would pitch in something um you know if i could to help you guys out even if it were just like five bucks uh, just to show you my appreciation though of you trying to make a uh, a film if not more too but I don't know. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, I tried even asking a few people with like, well, do you think maybe uh, it depends on the season? And I guess what I mean by that is like the different type of months. So like what month would actually work out for people who want to support uh, support horror in order for it to come out? Or I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's one of the many questions I think I want to know. Like, I just learned recently that I, I didn't even think about this, but um, I don't know if you know it, John, but 
Do you know what is one of the best days to release a horror film? Um, I don't. Tell me. Christmas, believe it or not. Christmas. I hear if you release your horror film on Christmas, it's like probably the biggest day for any horror film. Uh, because of the fact that everybody's home and wanting to look for movies to watch since they're all opening up their gifts and stuff. That's what I've heard. So, I find that kind of uh, weird at the same time that Christmas would be the biggest hit for a horror movie to uh, be watched or whatever. But at the same time, as they're hearing about it, that everybody's home for the holiday, well, maybe most people, uh, you know, and then if they want something to look for, they're going to go through that new release, and there you go, boom. And it's just like, oh, wow, I never even thought of that. And um, so I don't know. I mean, in this case, so is it like that in a way, John? Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, when is the best time to release a crowdfund where I'm going to get hit the most? You know, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe that's what happened is that maybe because of you released it around a time where people aren't really looking. I mean, or in this case, uh, I'm trying to think, um, like, you know, like, uh, no, I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this. It's just, it's just really hard to determine when a crowdfund is best to come out really in my own opinion but then like i said if you got the brand name man forget about it your your film is gonna be like you know hidden behind all the biggest name crowd which you know really sucks but but i will say this and i don't know if you've ever seen it really but i've seen it recently for a documentary that we actually talked with the guy about what he did was he made multiple campaigns when he needed the money. So, like, example, um, he did one campaign that only raised $200 out of the, uh, I forget what it was, 20000 or something he wanted. Then he did another campaign, raised 2000 out of those, you know, extra amount of dollars. And then he did another one, which I believe was, like, the final one. And then he raised the most, I think it was, out of the X amount of dollars he had. So I don't know if you wanted to try something like that or what you're planning on doing with Google fundings once the campaign is over with. Um, it's hard to say. Um, from what I understand is, I mean, they, uh, they've just said don't release, you know, don't do crowdfunding around the holidays because people are spending all that money, you know, on Christmas gifts. Yep. Um, so that, that's really the only thing that I know. Uh, I probably releasing it at the same time as one or two other crowdfunding campaigns uh, that are much bigger uh, was, was most likely a mistake on my end. Um, I probably should have done it, before, you know, like way before or after. But we, we chose to do Ghoul because we were going to do Axmas 3 and 4. But we figured, okay, we have we got one and two done, and we thought, all right, well, this is it's a Christmas slasher film, and now we're making sequels, so we may not get into festivals as much. People may not, you know, if they haven't seen Exodus one and two, they may not give to part three. Um, so we thought, let's do something totally original that's not holiday based that we could get a good cast in. 
Um, it's primarily one location. Uh, there is some like found footage in it, but not a lot. And as far as what we've done is that it, it's, it's very original and it, it might be the most original thing that, that I've done. So, and I don't know, maybe we were wrong. Um, we all love the idea. We think it's great. Uh, I did everything that I was told to do with crowdfunding, right. but I don't know. I'm not, it, it's one of those things where I, I would hate to have to delay production, but, um, if, if the money is not there, then we, you know, then we can't do it. I, Axmas one and two, I could fund out of my own pocket. That was okay because the locations were free. Um, I could do that. That's okay. The two little found footage things I also did out of my own pocket. That was okay. And, uh, but I needed help with meat hook and I definitely need help with this. I can't do anything out of my own pocket. It's just, it's either make a film or, or, you know, or pay my rent and, and I have to pay my rent. So, and we have some really good perks. And like I said, I mean, it's, if you, and I'll just name off some of the cast. I mean, when you have somebody like Drew Marvick, who's in the film, uh, he did Pool Party Massacre. Um, he's actually just, I got done helping him with a short uh, for that 10 31, 16 part two that's coming out. Oh. Um, and, yeah. And then we have John Walker, who may not be as known over here in the States, but he's over in England and he did a Ouija Geist, and he also did uh, the Amityville Playhouse, um, which is over here called Amityville Theater. Uh, we have uh, Julianne uh, Prescott, who's been in a ton of movies, including trauma films, um, and uh, she was in Needle Massacre 4 and some other things. Um, you know, of course, you know, Maria Olsen, uh, Tyler uh, Kilgore, um, who's out here in Vegas, um, she was in uh, The Immortal Wars 1 and 2, and these two horror films called Rust 1 and 2. So, these aren't people that just, you know, haven't done anything. They, they actually have films behind them. So, it's, it's, it's weird that we're just not getting anything. Yeah, and I noticed you have David, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's McMahon, right? Pretty sure that's who it is. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know him for. Um, oh God, am I really having a brain fart on this name on the uh, title right now? Oh my God, uh, Song of Solomon. I think it's what it's called. And Bone oh Hill yeah, Road. yeah, yeah. The uh, American Guinea Pig. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you know he's a, he's he's in a couple other indie films that um, are coming out as well, and so it's great to see that his name is blowing up a little bit. I mean, I talked with it, I talked with him one time, and he's just like, "Yeah, you don't want me on your show." Ha ha ha! And I'm like, "One of these days, you're gonna come on our show. I I, I guarantee you it." But yeah, no, it's kind of funny. He's he's a great guy from what I talked with him. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what to, to, what to say though about your campaign, man. I mean, I mean, you got, like you just said, you got a really nice perk, and I don't understand why people are not grabbing at it. So I just don't understand. But um, so what's so yeah? So what is going to happen if you don't when you um, well, you got three weeks left, and you haven't even broken. Uh, thousand yet. So, what's the next plan after this, John? What 
the uh, are you gonna like try to maybe come back and do a crowdfunding later on like some people do or are you trying or are you going to look for sponsors or type of or like companies or anything uh kind of all of the above um i'm going to keep the crowdfunding going for as long as it can um, so, you know, when it ends, I guess it ends. Um, if we, I might have to refund people their money. I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, hopefully not. Uh, but we will, that's, Ghoul is our main movie that we want to make. I mean, we're even, uh, you know, I've already mentally started kind of mapping out a sequel. And, uh, so there's, we feel that there's definitely, uh, enough story there to, you know, to have, you know, a sequel right now. And uh, it's just one of those things where we just, we can't do anything without it. I mean, I've had so many people, and this is the weird thing, is I have had so many people, not a lie, you know, message me, like private message me saying, are you auditioning? Are you auditioning? You know, do you have crew? Do you have somebody to do music? Do you have this? And it's just like, well, I don't have room for you in the first one, but I have plans for a sequel. And they're like, oh, please, please, you know, let, let, let me be part of that. So it's like, I've already have like a bunch of people who want to be in part two. And the film hasn't even been made yet. Um, Lynn Lowry contacted me, who was in The Crazies and Shivers. And um, she contacted me around uh, Meetup Massacre 4. And she contacted me again when she saw Ghoul. And I thought, Oh, okay, great. You know, let's have you in the sequel. You know, I got, you know, Maria Olsen in this one. Let's have you in, in the second one. Um, so, I know we're going to try to have the crowdfunding going for as long as possible. Uh, I'll take money out of my own pocket to uh, Miranda's going to design the ghoul. And um, we're going to put the ghoul together and then release some promo picks. You know, like of an eye or a hand or you know, the teeth of the ghoul. Um, and then do some uh, behind-the-scenes video for that. Uh, we have plans for stuff to do. Uh, but then, you know, in the meantime, we're trying to get ghoul funded. There's other things that we want to do, too. You know, I, I could fund Axmas 3 and 4 if we want to do that. So, you know, we could always work on that. And there's some other stuff that we want to do. So we won't be dead in the water, but it will just take Google maybe a little bit longer to, you know, to get going. You know, oh, and there's, there's, I'm going out in a couple of weeks down to L.A. to, uh, to shoot Axe Grinder 2. Um, I'm working with Dustin Ferguson on that and David Sterling. So wow. where I'm associate producer, I'm a co-writer, and then I'm going to be working crew on that one. So there, there's stuff happening. There's always stuff going on, and there's always stuff to do this is just the one that we really want to do. Hmm. Well, it sounds like what, what should probably happen is, um, like you said, let the campaign run its course. Then maybe what I would maybe do while even, even right now, if you want to, is I would research like if any months, uh, like in the upcoming month, even before, like you know, Black Christmas or Black Friday and uh, Christmas come along, like 
I wonder if there, if you could possibly set up another one just to do around maybe September to go into October, because then maybe people would be more looking for that, looking for something creepy or something like, you know what I mean? Like, like, Hmm, like that's just a thought. I'm not saying like, I take my word for it, like to try to do another campaign, but you just, I guess you just never know. I mean, like, you know, I've, 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 I back campaign for um, near in the fall to receive them before either Christmas or geez, uh, primary before like Halloween or like one of the other holidays. But in this case, uh, I know your original estimated delivery is next year, October twenty twenty, which that should be more than enough time too. So that way, you know, people should realize like, oh. Well, this film will come out next year, October, if you can get the fun. And we already would have a horror movie to help celebrate October anyway. So, hmm. I guess... I guess well, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, well, and that's the thing, is it, it's, it's, you know, by, by watching other people on their movies, like just recently working on the Drew Marvick short, um... I watched what Drew was doing. You know, I watched him direct. I watched, you know, I, I looked at the script and and, and I, I watched what he was doing. So from, from all this experience of working on other people's films and making my own movies and all of that, that's the thing is if we were able to shoot Ghoul this year and get it done, let's say, within a month, you know, we have like our five main days that we're shooting and then just random days here and there where we have to do, you know, a little bit of shooting here, a little bit of shooting there. I could have this thing done and ready for release in October. And I mentioned October because, yeah, it's Halloween. So that would be a good time to release it. It wouldn't be something that's sitting on my hard drive for five years. None of my stuff has been. And a lot of that has to do with Dustin Ferguson. Is Dustin Ferguson is a very organized guy who goes out and he can shoot these movies very quickly. And I think I like his stuff a lot. I'm, I'm very good friends with him. He's, uh, you know, a mentor to me. And um, I can basically do the same type of thing. Even though we do like to make different types of films and shoot in different types of ways, I can apply a lot of what he has taught me to getting stuff done quickly. And, you know, where he may be able to shoot something in two or three days, it might take me five days, five or six days, but it's going to have that turnaround of a year where a lot of people's movies either never get finished or they never get made or they take five, ten years to come out. So yep. that, that's another thing that I don't get is at no point can anybody that I've worked with say, oh, John, your, your stuff's never been released or, oh, it was never finished. It's all finished. I mean, everything is done. So that's, mm. that's another thing that I want people to know, you know, with Ghoul is whatever money you put into it, that perk you pick, you're going to get it. It's going to be there. You know, you're going to get what that perk says within that time period. Right. Hmm. No, well... Now, have you asked uh, your friend, like, any type of advice that he could maybe think of to help you to get ghoul, um, 
uh, what the word I want to say, like more, more, do I want to say noticeable? I mean, I know we talked about it's been shared a lot and people, there is a uh, shatter about it, but have you asked them any type of like, um, advice to give for like how I could go about funding this or anything? Uh, pretty much what's been told to me is, see, what one of the big problems is, is that it's, when you're something like, okay, so I'll, I'll bring up one of the people who has a campaign that's, that's going against mine. And that's the, um, the Mahal brothers who are, who are out here, Michael and Sonny Mahal. And I worked on their film, Art of the Dead, as a PA on that. So I got to know them pretty well, and I've actually watched what they do, once again, behind the scenes, I've watched what they do with crowdfunding, and uh, they were very open with what they do and said, use what we use. Um, right now, they're funding a film called, you know, Bridge of the Doomed, uh, which is like a one-location zombie film, which sounds pretty cool, it sounds very interesting. And I like their movies, I like them, um, but they're, this Bridge of the Doomed is kind of killing us. And where they, but they are masters at this. And even though I've tried to follow what they, what they do is I'm missing a lot. Mm. And it, and so even though they've given me advice, um, and, and, and actually, uh, Michael actually did put in, I think he put in like 50 or $60 onto mine, which was great of him to do. Uh, um, it's one of those things where it's there's something missing. There's something that I'm not doing that's not catching people's complete interest. Um, I don't have a picture of the ghoul. You know, we haven't decided on a um, on a definitive look yet, so I can't put up a picture of of the ghoul, and I don't want to put up a fake one that I just stole off of Google because it's not my art. It's not fair. Um, I do have a picture of like a like a female ghoul over a woman. Um, but that's just to give people an idea of, of what we're going for. And then I have the, the actual, um, one sheet, uh, that, uh, Joe Meredith did that, uh, for the film, which people seem to love. So I don't know. I, I, I don't really know what to say. I mean, I've, I've been given advice. I followed it. Um, I figured filmmakers that would, that people respected and admired, uh, people, you know, uh, Richard Mogg and, and uh, Joe Sherlock is going to share it. And uh, Joe Castro just shared it. And um, uh, uh, Brad Twig shared it. Um, so there's a lot of people sharing it out there who either have crowdfunding going or have done it. And just nobody's hmm. biting. Hmm. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just because... So maybe they were waiting for the bigger name. I mean, who knows how long Terrorizer 2, I hate to bring it up, like, again, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, how long has Terrorizer 2 been talked about for coming on to, you know, Indiegogo 2? And it's just like, you know, was people really just waiting for that big name to come out just to help see that sequel? When once again we got something like Ghoul here that could actually just use 
you know, like $5,000 of what Terrorizer has just to help make a more interesting uh, original creature or monster film that you have. I mean, you know, another thing that I actually heard too, which is interesting, um, is like, you know, for something like Terrorizer, you would think they wouldn't really need help funding the sequel considering how big it has gotten because a lot of people will just pretty much mention Terrorizer almost instantly. But it's so, I don't know. It just goes to show how how big a indie film can blow up in the world. And I guess when Terrorizer first came out the first time, they didn't even reach their full goal either. They only reached, like, I think it was 23% or something like that, I heard. And now they just completely, you know, killed their goal. And, I mean, they still got, like, a lot of days left. And it's just really crazy. So I'm almost wondering, like, what, so out of curiosity, John, when, how long has Ghoul even been on Indiegogo right now? Um... Two weeks? Hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. You definitely were on it before Terrorizer 2 came out, so that's very interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, I just don't know what to say about this, man. I, I, just, I just do hope that, like, people do acknowledge the fact that indie horror, like, smaller people like you actually need more help than people like behind a bigger name like terrorizer i'm pretty sure they don't they didn't really need any help but uh i can't say too much because i don't know the people behind terrorizer and like i just i just don't know i mean i just it's just really really scary though when you when i heard that terrorizer 2 completely smashed your goal in less than 24 hours and that's just crazy um, I don't know what the fastest, uh, you know, funding film is, but man, to me, that's really, really crazy. So it makes me wonder how much Terrorizer 2 is going to get by the time the campaign ends. But, um, hmm. Now, I, I've seen this too, John. I don't know about you, but I've seen people go from Indiegogo to Kickstarter. Were you thinking of even trying out on Kickstarter for Ghoul, or were you just planning on just doing Indiegogo? Um, maybe both. I'll, I'll see how that goes. I mean, I, I had good luck. I mean, our, our goal for Meadow Massacre 4 was 2000 and we made a little over it. Um, <laughs> so I, I figured, oh, okay, you know, we'll, we'll go with that one again. You know, we had good luck with that one. Uh, but, I mean, I can always give it a shot. And, and see what happens. And, you know, and I don't want people to get me wrong. You know, I'm not, I'm not bitter on other people because it's, you know, I want to see Terrorizer 2. You know, I, I love the first one. I was, I was able to see it in the theater out here. And, um, you know, even something like, you know, the Mahal Brothers or, or some of these other people that have films out there. I mean, some of these people are, are my friends. And I'm glad to see that their stuff is, is getting financing and that they can, you know, that they can make it. Um, it would just be nice that when people see, oh, look, they're 300% over their goal, maybe they don't need more money. Maybe that could go towards a smaller film. 
because you never know if it's it's if it's going to be a hit. You know, we get the five thousand or more for Ghoul. A company picks it up; it could do really well, but we'll never know unless somebody gives us the money. I mean, nobody knew that Scream was going to be a huge hit. Nobody knew that Halloween was going to be a huge hit. But if you keep giving to Halloween two, well, yes, you know it's going to be a hit. I mean, that's just obvious. Terrorizer two is going to be a hit, and I agree with you. You would you would think that probably the company that's releasing Terrorizer two would probably give them money to make the sequel but then of course why did zach braff need money to make garden state uh, the guy's a millionaire from all the money he made from scrubs so he probably could have funded that whole money you know that whole film himself that's true yeah it's just it's just really sad man and i mean you know that's a whole discussion in itself but you know before before um before I think we wrap this up, is like, is there anything that I haven't asked you that we should know about your about your film Ghoul or what or how we can even keep up to date with you um, if there if you're on social media or anything to help keep up with what you do for even the future project. Um. Well, I'm just I'm I'm on Facebook mostly, just John Ward. There's just a picture of of me, so and it's pretty easy to find. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, but not so much. I just kind of started those, so I'm I'm still learning how those work. But it, and uh, I don't really have anything going on YouTube right now. It's like a few videos, you know, me walking my cat, you know, that type of thing. So there's not a lot going on there, but but hopefully there will be. Um, so pretty much following, you know, me or, uh, uh, like friend me on Facebook or follow, uh, uh, the Axis Trilogy or Meat Hook 4 or liking, you know, Ghoul, um, and, and just doing what you can. I mean, I, I really do appreciate, it. I think it's awesome that everybody is sharing it. Um, I think that's, that's great, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's funny as, I have a, a, a friend named Joey DiMartini, and, and he's the bass player for this band called Disenchanter that's in uh, Portland, Oregon. And he shared it for me. And um, one of the guys that follows his band wrote, because Joey is Joey's a, a one of those guys who will tell you like it is. If you like it or not, he's going to tell you like it is. And this, this person wrote, if each person that didn't like you even gave one dollar this film would be funded in a matter of hours. You know, and it was like an LOL laughing and all that. And it's like, that's true. I mean, it's like, even if just people just gave $1 or $5 or something, it could be funded really quickly. But it, it's just, you know, it's just not happening. So, and I've, if you look at IMDb, a lot of my stuff on there for like the thank yous, a lot of that is for crowdfunding. So I've, I've given to a lot of people and it'd be nice to even see those people maybe give a little bit back, but you know, you, you help crowdfund one film and maybe, you know, you help crowdfund 20 and maybe only two of those people will help you. But mm. it, it's interesting to see who does. I mean, Todd Sheets helped on, on Meat Hook 4 and, uh, you know, Jason Horton and, and some of these other filmmakers who do a lot of crowdfunding helped and, and I helped them in return. So it, it's it's just sticking with it and not giving up and 
yep. that's what I just have to say about film in general. Just don't give up. Make as many films as you can and help out on as many films as you can. There you go. Well, well, John, I do appreciate it. I appreciate your time, and I do hope that Ghoul get the light it deserved um, for you know trying to be unique and different. And speaking of unique and different, how do you feel that Ghoul is actually unique and different than what we have seen? Um, it it follows traditions, but then it also breaks traditions. Um. This type of, we haven't seen too many movies with ghouls. Um, a lot of, you know, we've seen movies with zombies. And a lot of people think ghouls are kind of like Ed Gein or, or like serial killers. This is a, you know, this is a creature. And um, hopefully the creature will look pretty cool. And, um, you know, it's, and it's a female. It's a, a creature. Oh, wow. taking, yeah. Tyler, if you, if you look at her, she's, she's beautiful. I, I could not, I did not picture anybody except for her. So we're going to take a, this beautiful woman and we're going to basically go monster on her like Charlie's Theron. And we're just going to make her just look horrible just to play this, this ghoul. And, um, it, it's, it's just different in that it's something that I don't think a lot of people have seen before. It's not a Christmas slasher movie. It's not, a sequel. It's brand new. It's original. It's fresh. Um, there's not a lot of female monsters out there. They tend to all be male. And um, I think this is new. And uh, I think people would like it, you know, if they gave it a chance. I think that they would really enjoy it and, and see something different in it. Hmm. Well, I'm already intrigued and excited more to hopefully see Ghoul definitely come out in the near future, even if it unfortunately had to be slowed down a little bit for it to come out but i really do hope that one day we do get to see it which which in your sake it sounds like we will but you know it would just be great if we could just see it sooner than what it might uh, excuse me uh and might end up you know coming to when it comes to having to wait so I definitely give you and your crew and everybody like the best of luck for sure. And, you know, uh, I just hope everybody even listening, go to Indiegogo. I will even provide a link to John's uh, campaign right now for Google, which uh, at the time of recording has three weeks exactly left. And, you know, I just hope that we get to see this this thing sooner than hopefully not another or not in like five years or something for sure so but yes yeah uh, thank you so much for your time too and we'll have to have you on again so we can talk more ghoul so we can see what is going on in the ghoul world and you know that way we can keep everybody even us posted on what's going on and where ghoul gonna end up leading to for sure well, thank you, and I appreciate you having me on, and, and I really do appreciate you, you know, um, um, you know, talking about Ghoul and, and being really interested in it and all that, because it, it, it really sounds like you are. You know, it doesn't sound like you're just saying it. It sounds like you actually have an interest in it, and, and I do appreciate that. So, you know, and, and for everybody out there. Well, yeah, I mean, I sound, I mean, you know, uh, I sound like I'm interested, I guess, is what I was trying to say, is because, you know, I was reading it, I kind of watched a little bit of the 10-minute uh, video that you have there, and just learning, 
about everything that's going on and what you want to do with it. I think it sounds like a really cool idea, but once again, it's just a matter of if people will bite into it or not to give your film a chance. And I just hope, like, even I wish I could even help you with trying to help, like, you know, help with money too. But in your sake, same with, same with like everybody here, you know, we got rent to pay. We got bills to pay. Unfortunately, like even $5 can turn into like, uh, that's $5 I could use for gas or something. So it's, it's, it gets really hard. And, um, I know most people don't look at it like this too, John, but, um, I don't know why this is coming in my head already, but, um, but uh, for the last thing that I wouldn't mind wondering is, have you even thought of taking out a loan from the bank just to help film a movie? Um, if it gets to that point, maybe. Yeah, it, it, it's a possibility. Yeah. I, I know people like to stay away from banks, and I completely understand why. But, like, if you really wanted to get this out there, I mean, I guess a personal loan would have to come into play, unfortunately. But either way, John, I do miss you to uh, wish you the best. And uh, we'll definitely, like I said, we'll have you back on so we can keep up to date with this. And hopefully, once again, people will, you know, bite, bite what she needs to be fed, I guess, as you kind of say on the campaign, you are what she eats, so, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's what we're hoping, so we're, we're, we're hoping that people want to get eaten, so it's, it, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, take, you know, take that how you will, so. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that with a spoonful of, uh, I don't even know, <laughs> spoonful of something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, John, thank you so much for your time. And uh, like I said, we'll have you on again. And I look forward to seeing what happened with Ghoul. And I'll have to check out your other stuff because maybe we'll just have you on sooner than later so we can maybe talk about your other stuff anyway. More, anyway. So well, I, I appreciate that. So I, I, I really do. And um, yeah, yeah, you know, my stuff, other people's stuff, you know, I just, uh, you know, I love movies in general. So I'm kind of a walking encyclopedia. So whatever works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, John, have a good rest of your night. And for everybody listening, thank you so much for listening. Go check out Ghoul on Indiegogo right now. Just go to Indiegogo.com, type in Ghoul. It should be like the first result that you find. Otherwise, um, if you're just that lazy, just take a look at the episode description and the link will be provided for you. So all you got to do is click, click right on there. And like, you know, uh, let's just put it this way. For even $10, you will get an IMDb credit. A lot of people charge more just to get an IMDb credit. So for John, for even giving you a... A IMDb credit at for ten dollars. That's uh, pretty awesome of him. And I mean, let's see what else is there for uh, for some goodies here. We got you know twenty five dollars for the digital copy of the film and have your name in the end credits. We got uh, what else is there? John might be able to help out. Oh, look at this for uh, I don't know. Maybe it's is it, uh, less than that. Let's see. Let me just double check here. All right, so what, from what I'm seeing, $35 will get you a copy of the film on DVD. 
So, hmm, yeah, definitely check it out, guys. And um, make sure to always remember to stay scary.